go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about how Selena totally asked Timmy for a photo at the Golden Globes and Kylie said no. <gasps> and then she totally gossiped about it with Taylor Swift. Okay. Sorry, guys. Wrong gossip. This is actually a podcast about The Bachelor. I, oh, I'm so sorry. I actually also have no idea what's going on because I didn't watch the Golden Globes. <laughs> and I'm hearing that this is something that did happen last night when the Golden Globes happened. I'm, I'm pretty out of the loop. <laughs> but what you're not out of the loop on is Bachelor Nation. And so much has happened since yes. we last did a gossip episode. We have heard your requests. We are sorry it took this long, but we are here. And today we are actually going to be talking about divorces, engagements, and Caitlin Bristow potentially cozying up to Zach Clark on New Year's Eve. Yeah, this is a podcast about some of the biggest Bachelor news and gossip items in a minute. Like, the news <laughs> has been breaking hot and fast. I mean, we started the new year with such a bang. And then I was like, oh, we also haven't covered news and gossip for the last, like, three months. <laughs> so there's so much. We're not going to get to everything, but I think we're going to try to talk about the things that are the top of mind for us right now. So let's let's dig in. Let's start by talking about the sad one. Yeah. Which is that Brian Abasolo filed for a divorce from Rachel Lindsay. Um, this happened on January 2nd. This is when the news broke. Brian Abasolo had filed for divorce from former bachelorette Rachel Lindsay, citing irreconcilable differences. He also is seeking spousal support from her, and the papers listed December 31st as their date of separation. Yes. Uh, people who know more about the legal elements of divorce might uh, have ideas about what goes into questions like, 
why you would seek spousal support, uh, why they might have split up on the literal last day of the year, or why he is saying that's the day they split up. I've heard there can be legal ramifications for those questions. But um, long story short, they're they're splitting up. They met during season 13 of The Bachelorette. They've been married for four years. I mean, they've been together for, I think, seven, seven. years. Um, yeah, they were one of the... One of the few, the proud married couples who met on the show, uh, who were a final rose couple. And it hadn't been an easy road for them in terms of their reception by the audience. Uh, Rachel had really pushed back on the edit they received. A lot of fans thought that she was going to pick Peter and thought she should have ended up with Peter Krause on her season and thought that Brian was sort of her second choice safe pick a lot of the audience you know drew from the edit i think in in making those assumptions and they so they received a lot of pushback over the years a lot of questioning like why aren't you posting each other more on your instagrams like you know rachel should have always picked peter anyway and so they had always been sort of protective of their relationship and pretty private about it And I had always been protective of their relationship and their right to be private about it. And whenever I saw rumors that they were getting divorced, I was like, you know, people just leave them them. alone, leave them alone, let them live. And so this was really, really heartbreaking (laughs) to me personally. (laughs) We have known Rachel for years. We absolutely adore her and think that she is just so smart and one of the best things to ever come out of this franchise. While she was involved in the franchise actively, the franchise was extremely lucky to have her. Um, And it's been really cool to watch her career blossom outside of Bachelor World. And yeah, it's just really, as people who love love, it's always really sad to see two people that you want to be happy, um, be in a place of public pain. It just, it sucks. Yeah, I agree with that. So after the news started breaking, Brian posted on Instagram. He called out the fact that he's generally been a private person, that they made this effort to not address public affairs um, or not to address private affairs publicly. But obviously he saw that This was all being discussed. And so he wrote, many of you know me as a chiropractor and also a husband, my proudest role so far. After more than four years of marriage, Rachel and I have made the difficult decision to part ways and start anew. My parents have been married forever and I'm a family man, but sometimes loving yourself and your partner means you must let go. I wanted you to hear it from the source before the blogs start making up their own reality. Please respect the spaces of our family and friends as we figure out our next steps. I do love the idea that we know him as a chiropractor, which is, (laughs) um, I knew him primarily as a husband, uh, and he was also a chiropractor that we know. Dr. Um, Abs. Dr. Abs. Yeah, this is a very, uh, clearly a very careful statement positioning it as very amicable and uh coming from a place of mutual care and not from like a dark secret or perfidy of some kind like he wants to put out that this was just the best choice for each of them to part ways 
I think it is notable that it's not a joint statement, Mm -hmm. um, which also I think is probably a more honest way to approach it. Like, they are individuals and they are now leading their lives separately. And so it's not totally surprising that two people might want to put out their own statements on their own platforms, address it in the way that they want to. Um, But yeah, I mean, it seems also that they, they clearly were not entirely on the same page about this. Like it's being positioned as uh, a, an amicable and loving decision made between the two of them. But, you know, just a couple weeks ago, Rachel was talking about their marriage in public in a much more optimistic way. Like, not the kind of interview you would give if you were about to slow fade into a separation announcement, you know? Yes. Often when we see a joint statement, I think the couple has really come to terms with the separation behind the scenes. Maybe they're already pretty much broken up. They've already started to move on, and then they put out their joint statement together. On December 21st, Rachel was on Nick Biles' podcast, The Bile Files, saying that, like, they were working on having a kid, And, you know, that she felt at peace. You know, she's like, things are good with us. It's just hard for us to post photos together because we aren't able to spend a lot of time together because of our schedules. Um, You know, kind of trying to allay a lot of the concerns people had voiced about their marriage because they don't post about each other very much. She was saying, no, like, things are good. We live these different lives. We have different schedules. We're not together a lot. We're also very private about our relationship, but we're good. We're working on having a baby. I'm looking forward to 2024. This is someone who is not 10 days away from announcing the end of her marriage. No, it's very striking going back to listen to that episode because the way that she's talking about it and the pieces of their lives that are separate are in this very comfortable way Mm -hmm. that, yeah, you would expect from someone who's like, yeah, I'm being honest we have challenges in the relationship, like all couples. This is what they are. But she didn't we're even really present about it as a challenge in the relationship. It was just, more just, just like a challenge like a, for a posting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was like, how are we supposed to post? Like he's working 12 plus hour days as a sole practitioner at his chiropractor practice. I'm like having more free time. She recently left her her job at Extra and has been, I guess, sort of hustling for a second gig. She also obviously is a podcaster and author, and she's like, I'm downtime a lot of the day, keeping up with the news, then I'm going to events, to network, to try to make sure that I get that next job. So he would come home late from work, she would be out. She's like, that's just how it is. Like, when are we going to take pictures? Not even in a way that's like, it's really hard for us to overcome that, more just... This it's is a fact not, of our, yeah, yeah. We, have, we have scheduling differences and we're also trying to have a baby. Yeah, it, it it definitely betrays a disconnect perhaps in how the two of them were thinking about their relationship. I mean, she also included photos of Brian in her year-end recap. Yeah, and I think he liked it. It doesn't seem like it was a really acrimonious split, but it also doesn't seem like they were really aligned on it happening. Yeah. Um. She has taken Abasolo out of her Instagram name. The last name. The last name, yeah. And uh, so they are now moving forward on this separation, but it does seem like a very recent recent thing for Rachel in a way that maybe it was a little bit more planned for Brian. Yeah, and that 
that feels especially true given the fact that there were a few tips and rumors kind of swirling Mm. out there before this news broke. Um, When the news broke, Ben Higgins and Ashley Iaconetti said on their podcast, Almost Famous, that they had both been getting pretty constant Instagram comments on their photos and messages asking them why why don't they address the fact that Brian is going to file for divorce from Rachel. And Ben was kind of ignoring it. He said he thought mm-hmm. it was bots. He was like, we don't have any information on this. Like, we're not, we're not going to talk about it. Um, but he had said something on the podcast about just like, there's been some weird things going on, but he didn't say what it was. And then when the news broke, he said that that is what he had been referring to. Um, mm-hmm. And Claire, you also noted that Dumois had had posted a tip that they had gotten about uh, an amicable divorce coming from a high-profile bachelor couple. Yeah, which people immediately were like, oh, I bet it's Brian and Rachel. And this is one of the weird things about this split that has been bugging me is that it feels sort of like it came from the internet comments in this way where like for years, I feel like there have been comments like they're splitting mm-hmm. up they're splitting up he's about to file for a divorce he's leaving her thank god he's finally divorcing her and and you look great you're like they're not getting divorced what are you talking about and now that it's happening i'm like it creates this weird queasy sense for me of like did those commenters know something no of course they didn't what could they have known like at what point was it people who actually had knowledge and at what point was it just people who wanted this to happen trying to like the secret it into existence you know it it gives me just a very unsettled feeling i guess <laughs> I, I agree and i think it was especially acute with these two given the way that the public has reacted to a lot of things that Rachel has done over the years mm-hmm. in a pretty gross way. But it's definitely, we see it with a lot of couples when they, you know, are rumored to be splitting up. There is this like constant thrum of commenters waiting in the wings to say, I told you so. This was always fake. This was always flawed. She did something wrong. Yeah. He betrayed it. You know, trying to ferret out the secret key to why a relationship ended. And it is that queasy feeling of like, how much did the internet pressure impact the relationship? Mm -hmm. And also just why do we feel so entitled to all of that information? And why is there this strain of like glee when a couple you thought maybe wouldn't work out ultimately doesn't like yeah and I think especially around Rachel and Brian there there was a strong strain of people who just hate Rachel or think Brian was the wrong choice for her who are either like he deserves better he needs to move on she's a miserable person or you know he was always the wrong choice she should go propose to Peter now you know people who have a personal dislike who want that to be manifested in the person they dislike being publicly left alone. Yeah. And it's really 
sick, I think. It's really sick. I don't like seeing it play out. It makes me sad to think of them even thinking about the embarrassment and the, you know, people feeling vindicated when it comes to making such an important decision as like, are we still happy together? Are we still aligned? Is this a marriage that we should still be in? That's a very personal decision. But you can see how this kind of public pressure could potentially play into it. I hope that's not the case. Like, I I don't know that it is the case. It's just watching from outside the commentary has been relentless and unpleasant. Yeah, it makes you just kind of nauseated. And it plays into this idea that I have a fundamental issue with, which is that a relationship is false or a failure if it ever ends. Like, mm-hmm. unless you die married to this person, that relationship has failed. Yeah. Uh, and... I think that especially when we look at bachelor couples who have so much stacked against them, frankly, to be able to have a long-term, healthy, loving relationship, like, these are two people who were together for seven-plus years. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of time. That is the better part of a decade. Like, they built something. They're now having to unravel that thing that they built and let go of these visions of what they thought their futures would be. That is Mm -hmm. a very painful thing. And I resent the fact that the public discourse has this way of like undermining everything good that they had or everything real that they had just because this is a relationship that came to an end. Yeah. I think it's it's also just that people... I I never really understand this because it's not a big part of how I look at the show, but I think that people feel betrayed when a couple leaves the show together and then doesn't work out. You know, they Mm -hmm. feel like, oh, you sold me on a lie. I got invested in your love story and and you played me, basically. You tricked me. You pulled the wool over my eyes and now you're breaking up. And I, I don't really understand that reaction. When they're on the show, they're making a piece of content for the show. And... You can't make yourself compatible with someone for life in order to make a TV show. But you can make choices to leave the show with a satisfying conclusion like a lot of people do. You know, like when Brad didn't, when Brad Womack didn't do that, didn't just get engaged, everyone was so mad. You know, (laughs) like people make choices, they're pressured by producers and by the expectations of the audience to end the show in relationships, right? I understand that. I understand that often they look back and they're like, oh, well, now it's been three months and we're actually a bad fit. Whatever. They made the product that they were hired to make. And at the same time, it's like, that's not what happened here. They they weren't together for seven years because they were tricking everyone. Exactly. Like, that's just simply not what, it wasn't them. She had split even with any sort of contact or collaboration with the franchise years ago. So the idea... (laughs) That they got married as part of some like hoax on all of us. No, just zero, zero. I don't know. Ridiculous. People just want to don't want to be caught caught out, and so they want to they want to be like, oh, I am going to be the skeptic who is proven right. And most couples end up breaking up. That's kind of how life works. So you can always be right a lot of the time if you think no one's going to stay together. Exactly. So on Friday, January fifth. Rachel addressed the split for the first time on her podcast, Higher Learning. She It was right at the beginning, right at the top of the episode, and she immediately began choking up. 
And she said, I didn't think I would get emotional. First off, I just want to say thank you for people who reached out. I'm still trying to reply to people. You never know how great your circle is until you see all the people that reach out and love you. Obviously, it's a difficult time if you've read the headlines, and you're probably wondering why it would even work. But to be honest with you, I need to distract myself from myself. And the best way to do that is to do something that I love, and I love higher learning. And so I am just going to try my best to get through this podcast. But I'm not going to talk about it, the divorce. I will eventually, but now is not the time. Just trying to take it day by day. Yeah. I hope that she takes as much time as she needs. She's a very public person, obviously. Um, but it seems like she was not prepared, as we discussed, to to have this be a public conversation. And she doesn't owe us anything, I think, at this point um, on that no. on that score. So uh, we love Rachel. We wish her the best and lots of healing and happiness. And we also wish Brian the best. I. I don't see any value in coming for either of them. They're already going through something difficult in public and that sucks. So I completely agree. Let's just leave them alone, give them space to heal (laughs) and wish happiness for everyone. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will get into all of the Caitlin Bristow, Zach Clark, Jason Targic drama. Can you keep up? Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. (laughs) So important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love Article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from Article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an Article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first Article piece of furniture recently our new couch and my husband and I are both constantly just like how did we live before this couch this is such an improvement over what we had before it's so comfortable it just seems to get more comfortable every day I mean it's the couch you dream of 
And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for 3 weeks and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. So, <laughs> as usual, Caitlin Bristow is involved in some drama. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean... It's like the Taylor Swift thing at a certain point. It's like, can this woman date without everyone just, like, flipping a lid? Like, calm down. Can this woman, like, be near a a straight man? (laughs) She literally can't. Like, so here's what happened. After New Year's Eve, a video started circulating of former bachelorette Caitlin Bristow ringing in the new year. She had a party at her new home in Nashville, like a sort of uh, flapper chic Prohibition era speakeasy vibe. And she had a big party, and Zach Clark was there, the winner of Tasha's season of The Bachelorette, her fiance for some time. She co hosted the show with Tasha after Chris Harrison's departure. So she also has a relationship with Tasha, clearly. And in this video, Zach and Caitlin seem to be getting kind of cozy. It's the countdown. They're counting down to midnight, and they have their arms around each other. 
And of course, this led to a lot of speculation about whether Zach and Caitlin were dating and whether this had maybe been going on for a while, if it was a factor in Jason and Caitlin's breakup. Obviously not a factor in Zach and Tasha's breakup because that was like a million years ago, but maybe it was a factor in Caitlin and Jason's breakup because that was just like a couple months ago, I guess. To me, it's like so deranged. I mean, it's like, why would you assume (laughs) that? I just don't understand. That's what I mean. Like, (laughs) why would that be an assumption? Your evidence is on December 31st, Caitlin had her arm around Zach Clark's shoulder at a party. Like... Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's it's like like you have to laugh at it. It's they broke so in deranged. Like, yeah. and your theory is that Caitlyn cheated on Jason with Zach, and then they hid their relationship for just like five months, <laughs> and now or like four months, and now they're coming out with it through this this glimpse at a party like why would you assume that uh, uh, like instead of assuming that they recently started hanging out there's just no or that they're just like like friends who are affectionate towards each other like either of those scenarios are much 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 about a thousand times more likely ten thousand times more likely than yeah any infidelity so caitlin bristow posted some Instagram stories addressing the video on January 1st. She wrote, you would think by now I'd be used to the hate. I'm not. Your words hurt. Your shaming hurts. Part of me feels a little sad and honestly embarrassed for you guys because this shouldn't be how you spend day one of a new year. You should not be this invested in someone you don't even know or respect. Honestly. Correct, Caitlin. It's actually scary, and I know looking inward might be even scarier for you, but the bullying is next level. You are allowed to have opinions and feelings, but you don't even know the truth, and your hate should actually come with consequences. I truly worry about some of your mental health. It's not okay. It's not. Please. Please feel ashamed of yourselves for treating someone this way you don't know. I did not kill someone. I had a party with some of my favorite people. Shame on you not me. Whew. Caitlin always just lets it all out. Like, yeah. there's no just, like, shady, like, little comment. It's like, here's everything that I'm thinking about <laughs> these hateful messages I'm getting. And you gotta respect that. Yeah. I mean, I people just hate her. Like, it's... That's what it comes down to. There's no, like, real reason to think that she did anything wrong zero but but because they have an opportunity to be like i bet she did something really shitty if you connect x y and z dots that are really far apart in the least generous way possible they're gonna go with that like that is and i it's it strikes me as quite misogynistic also i I don't think there are any men that are treated this way in the franchise no i was gonna say misogyny is key in this. There is this fundamental distrust as a culture that I feel like we have of women who are single into like their late 30s or 40s, especially if they've been in multiple relationships that have ended, which is just like most people are in relationships that end unless they don't. Like like nothing about her trajectory is unique in any way. Uh, other than the fact that she is a public figure and the fact that people have picked apart her relationships and demanded 
access to her relationships for years. Like that yeah. is the only unique thing here. And I I hear her exhaustion, her exasperation in these Instagram stories. And like, I, I get it. Like I feel for her. It's like, especially if, <laughs> which is I think quite likely that like they're just friends and we're hanging out at a party. I mean, even if they are like dating, ho- hooking up, like it, something so casual, you would never assume like this will cause a whole yeah. multi-week news, yeah. you know, a week-long news cycle. Yeah. And you're just like, well, fuck, 100%. really? 100%. Really? I mean, I this? think that the Rachel and Caitlin, like her falls are come from a really similar place. Like a lot of the yeah. hate for Rachel's like she... She says too much. She says the wrong things. She is in her late 30s. She's 38. She doesn't have a baby. She doesn't have a baby. Brian should leave her because she doesn't have a baby. Like, I saw that constantly before they got divorced. And, or before, you know, the announcement of the split. And you see the, the same attitude coming with Caitlyn. Like, you represent everything that's wrong with modern womanhood. And you deserve nothing but misery and abuse for your bad decisions that have led you here is kind of the attitude of a lot of people, which I find really sickening to it's see sickening. and like the, the, the power that it has within Bachelor Nation. Like it's it's there's th- th- she hasn't done anything wrong. Like I she's feel done like nothing I'm, wrong. Like, also she's like allowed mind. to fucking date people. Yeah. Even if she is dating Zach. Like frankly she's yeah. allowed to like yeah. Zach and Tasia split in 2021. It's now 2024. Yeah. I I don't I don't yeah. know. All of this well, just feels so stupid to me. Some but, more stuff happened. Caitlin yeah. did respond to the cheating rumors with a comment on the Bachelor Nation Scoop Instagram page. Hi, here to say there was never an ounce of cheating happening and I will not stand for this rumor. Y'all are nasty in here. Anywho, swear on my dog's lives. No cheating went on. So we can just put that to rest. She has not denied that she's dating Zach. I will say. So, so I kind of feel like she are. actually is dating Zach because... Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I support that. Which then. is fine. I mean, I do <laughs> think there is, like, maybe a a very low-level concern here of, like, it probably maybe sucks for Tasha and Jason because they're all, like, in a small so- social circle. Yeah. Bachelor Nation is, however, quite incestuous. I, I feel like this kind of thing... Like, Jason dated other people like caitlin has been with other people in this they world they all have that's in this little weird world i so i could understand some level of tasha and jason being wounded by that but that's just doesn't to me rise to the level of caitlin did something wrong yeah let's eviscerate her and like, no one's talking about whether zach did something wrong by the way I just want to point that out. No, because Caitlin is the only one who can do something wrong in this situation. And yeah. oh God. So on January 2nd, Jason posted some, I guess, kind of cryptic Instagram posts that people, of course, interpreted to be in response to the social media speculation about Caitlin and Zach. And one of his followers posted on on a com like posted a comment on a photo Jason posted saying like happy new year is like just his face and the commenter wrote let's just pretend 2024 starts tomorrow kid deserves a true fresh start to the year and Jason screenshotted this comment posted it to his Instagram story saying 
January 2nd, 2024, the first official day of 2024. He also posted a video of Ramen and Pino, his shared dogs with Caitlin, um, along with texts that read, when in doubt, go to the puppy park. And some eagle-eyed fans also noticed that Jason had unfollowed Zach and Caitlin on Instagram, which to me is maybe the the best uh, evidence that they are potentially dating. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think they probably are. And I totally understand Jason being hurt by this, honestly. Sure. Like, I probably would also unfollow my ex that I had shared yeah. dogs with and was still very much publicly linked with if I realized that they were dating a mutual friend. Like, that would be very unpleasant it's for me. awkward. I don't hold that against Jason. I also don't think that it means that anything worse than that happened, necessarily. Um, it just, like, sucks for him to be kind of dragged into this conversation and also to potentially have to see a new relationship unfold that is hurtful to him. I feel like this just happens so often in Bachelor world because these people, anyone who is, like, even tertiarily involved in one of these dust-ups gets flooded with messages and comments and so they feel the need to address it in some way, which then extends the story. And it's just kind of a mess. Yeah. Caitlin addressed all this on her podcast, Off the Vine, on January 4th, uh, expressing disappointment in Jason. She said they've been on great terms and she'd been very transparent they've been very transparent to maintain a respectful and amicable relationship and she said the word disappointment keeps coming up i feel so disappointed that someone could use a false narrative like a false narrative accusation to garner sympathy for themselves i'm sort of conflicted about this i feel like caitlin is very outspoken about what she's going through and part of that is to garner sympathy for herself. And I think that Jason also has the right to publicly speak about the end of their relationship, even in these very slight ways that he's done without it being some sort of betrayal. I also yeah. am wondering if there's a hint of like he knew about this. And that, now, that's what I and was now wondering. he's pretending like it was like this shitty way that he started January 1st. That, was is, this that big was my my instinct because she was really she was really saying like I just invited him over for a house tour when we handed off the dogs like we're in a really good place we had so much fun together at Chris Harrison's wedding like she she was basically saying like we've been in this really good place I've been very transparent with him he's been very transparent with me which I took personally to mean like that they have been telling each other if and when they're going on dates yeah. And so it did, I did wonder if her frustration was because he was aware that she had been hanging out with Zach. Like, this was not a surprise yeah. to him. Uh, and I think by yeah. being sort of cryptic and oblique about referring to this, he is actually maybe fueling viciousness more than being more explicit like it's totally open yeah. to interpretation that he's just like wow this being the big social 
media gossip story of January 1st sucked. You know, like, I'm getting all these messages. I'm tired. I don't totally. want to deal with this. Or it, he could, it could mean, like, I just found out that Caitlin was <laughs> cheating on me for two years with Zach <laughs> by, like, by this photo being posted. And now my life is in disarray. You know, and there's a lot that people can do in their own minds to project onto that and then become even more enraged at Caitlyn. So by by just being sort of like sort of subtle with his little posts, is he just feeding this narrative that is going to impact Caitlyn the most because she is a very public figure. She is a very public woman who, as we've said, like is a target for this kind of hatred. I mean... It just seems really shitty and complicated to be experiencing breakup uh, publicly. Yeah. That's mostly and what I, I have to say. I don't know what happened. Caitlin and Jason and Zach have yet to tell me exactly what's going on, and I'm upset about it. So... <laughs> yeah, how dare they not call us first, our we close would, personal friends? We wouldn't tell anyone. So, you know, <laughs> keep it keep it under our hats. If you ever want to reach out to, to vent... Uh, Caitlin and Tasha were both at the Golden Wedding, sitting at the same table. Tasha appears to be in a new relationship. She's been linked to Summer House's Luke Goldbranson since last spring, and they have been, like, seen together recently. So it's, you know, it's entirely possible that she and Tasha are fine and Tasha's moved on, or maybe it's, like, a little awkward, but no big deal. We don't know. <laughs> we Guys, literally don't know down. anything. We literally don't know. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, sh- should we move on? I think we, I think we must. We must move on. Uh, let's, let's discuss another quick little tidbit from the Golden Wedding. Because oh Molly God. Mesnick was at the Golden Wedding with her husband, Jason Mesnick. They, of course, were a couple who met on his season of The Bachelor. He did not pick her. She was his runner-up. He later did the first ever switcheroo broke up with his fiance Melissa Rycroft on air and asked Molly for another chance. They now have a child and they also parent his son together. And they're like one of the great they're Bachelor icons. Nation couples. They are icons. They are historically important. And I mean, also they Molly and Jason are delightful. So that, I I love yeah, them. Like they're me too. Great. I love them. They seem super fun. We've had Jason on the podcast. He was a delight. They're very candid about their experiences. Um, And yeah, they're like important in Bachelor history. Jason paved the way for Ari. Okay, everyone, put some respect. (laughs) I mean, I mean, not on Ari, but (laughs) on on Jason. (laughs) I just mean, he's like, he's set some templates that were very important to the show's uh, options of story arcs. And they also just have like a great relationship. They're an actual success story from this franchise, and there are not many. And so Molly was recapping her experience at the Golden Wedding on her Instagram stories, and there was one uh, kind of interesting nugget. She said, and she said, I'm not naming names, but she basically said that there were Bachelor alums. Like she said, you know, I was excited to meet new people, to go, she was going up to people, introducing herself. She said that she went would go up to people and be like, I'm Molly, like Jason and I were on the show a million years ago, but it's like great to meet you. And she said that there were certain people who basically would blow her off to go searching for what she termed like more important and more famous 
Bachelor alums. And this does not surprise me. That was my first reaction. I was like, of Of course. course. There is is a... There is a thirst within these social circles yeah. for relevance. And there I mean, is a lot of capital that you can gain, like from being near a, yeah. like someone literal famous. Capital, I don't know. Like literally yeah. financial capital. I mean, this and this happens at like every kind of networking event. I remember when I used to go to like book publicity events. If I ever found myself talking to someone from like a legacy media publication of some kind, and I'd be like, oh, I cover books for HuffPost. And you could see their eyes like glaze over. Drifting over yeah. your head to like scan the room oh, for someone who that works has at like happened the New to Republic. Me. <laughs> that has happened to me so many, <laughs> so times, many times in various like media entertainment circles. Yeah. There, there are just certain people in these worlds that are just, um, transparently only interested in you if you can like boost them in some way yeah they're like this is how I make my living I need to take this rare opportunity and spend that time making the connections that are going to advance my career like come on (laughs) and it's not talking to um, either of us or I guess to Molly which yeah frankly I think is an error I do think it's an error because she you know she might predate the era of like big social media followings but she is important. I don't think these kids today know their history. I think that if they were really studying the show, they would be excited to meet Molly Mesnick. Exactly. I'm like, I'm offended on her behalf. I'm like, go for the networking, but you should be knowing the history of the show. You should be respecting the big icons who came before you. You have a lot to learn from them potentially. Also, like they have maybe more clout and importance than you realize because... Yeah, because they they endure. Yeah. You're going to tell me that Trista isn't important to me just because she's not, like, an influencer primarily? Or, like, she predated the era of influencing as the path off the show? Come on. Like, people respect Molly, respect the history of this terrible franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was sort of, like, curious who she was talking about. And then I was like, honestly, it doesn't matter. It It could be probably most. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's probably. That was sort of my reaction, too. I was like... Literally, you could tell me any any person who's yeah. there did this, and I would not be surprised. It's like the more the show is just flooded with people because they're doing so many seasons, the more everyone who's there is just desperate to solidify their place in yeah in like the the pantheon, especially if so they're that like, they can keep making money. Yeah, if they're like on the edge of a tier, yeah. we've talked about kind of the tiers that emerge in yeah from uh, coming off of this show, and they can shift a little bit, and so people are like. Right, like if you were like a, if you were someone like who was on through, you know, how, who's the most tangential person who would even get invited to this? Maybe you made it to the end of like the last season, like the final five or something, but you're not And I'm not saying this was her, but I, oh, I was going to say like Christina Mandrell to me seems like the most. Yeah. Not that she's the one who did this, but like. But you're just like someone who, who is like, I really need to. Secure. secure. Like she wasn't on spot. Paradise. She's now back in the spotlight because of her relationship with Brayden. Like you can just see how people's importance within the franchise changes depending on that relevance. It's like, okay, you didn't think about Christina Mandrell, but now you do. Yeah. Because she's she's attached to Brayden and together they're even more important as a yeah. couple now. And they th- those more tangential people, they really feel how contingent their importance is on continuing to like if you're a former lead then 
there's a certain like security, but not if you're Christina Mandrell, for example. We're not saying it was her. We have no we're idea. Tru- we have literally no idea. And we're truly not accusing anyone of anything. I would not be surprised if you told me, if you said anyone's name, to be clear. Yeah. But 100%. Yeah. Um, on that note, should we take a <laughs> quick break and uh, come back with the rest of our gossip? Can you keep up? I like I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. And we're back. So 
I, this is a passion project for me. I really want to discuss <laughs> this rising trend that I see in Bachelor Nation. It, and it is. It's a trend. Couple baiting. People who are not in official couples from the show who want to convince us that they might be a couple or they might become a couple in the future in order to get us interested in their content. And it, it is works. effective. <laughs> it works effective. so well. <laughs> It works so well. I think Susie and Justin are probably the like prime example I mean, of this. They are the their the job premier. is pretending to be maybe into each other, but not yes. dating. Like that's what they do now professionally. Yeah, all of their videos are couple yeah. dating, and it is it's their whole brand, their whole personality, and it's riveting. Yeah. <laughs> I the only uh, the the prime other example that recently happened I should mention is that Tanner and Olivia did a very confusing like couple photo shoot that they posted on Instagram after the finale of Bachelor in Paradise and it really was very coupley but it doesn't seem like they're together there was no like statement about it there's been no other hints that they're actually together it seemed like they were just trolling people but also, of course, everyone is immediately like, oh, my God, now I have to find out more about Tanner and Olivia. Like, what's going on with them? Are they together? Well done, guys. Well done. Um, Susie and Justin have just been churning out content. Like, Liz, uh, Susie, of course, is a videographer. She's very professional. So she's making a lot of professional video content. She's making reels and TikTok. She's making memes. Justin was doing a lot of that with Greg. Grippo and Andrew Spencer. Now Greg is making his comedy skit videos with his girlfriend, Victoria Fuller. And also with Andrew still. And yes. But less with Justin. Justin has now drifted more. And for a while also, Andrew was doing a lot of content with Susie and Justin. And but then now Andrew we're a launched a relationship. So I think it was... doesn't seem to be a thing anymore, by the way. Yeah, it's unclear. I haven't seen any confirmation either way. Uh, I, yeah, but... I can't find a trace of him on her Instagram, including in, like, the following. Oh, so I don't think they're So together. then they probably broke up. He hard-launched a relationship with model Becca Mishy last summer, and they don't appear to be together. I checked uh, Becca's Instagram today, and there was no trace of him not following each other from what I could see. Um, but what has emerged is that now Susie and Justin are making couples content very similar to what Victoria and Greg are making, but they are not in a relationship. And what they've been doing is creating the kind of content that couples make together, like little skits and memes, like they made for example, like a lip sync video with text that says when he's not hungry, but wants a bite of your food when it comes. And it's them like sharing a meal at a restaurant, doing a lip sync to some funny audio. They have been asked also in interviews and by commenters whether they've ever hooked up, if they're trying to move things out of the friend zone. And they've always been sort of like coy about it. Cheeky. Like, cheeky. There was one comment being like, are you trying to move things out of the friend zone? And Susie posted a video of Justin like repeatedly swatting her hand away as she tries to reach <laughs> over and she commented, I keep trying. And that seems to be like the running joke. Like Susie wants Justin, but he's rejecting her. She's like, oh, I think about kissing him all the time and he's the he's the reason we're not together. <laughs> They've also, in interviews, seemingly more seriously cited that they're very good friends and they don't want to mess it up, which is still kind of a way of saying like we're into each but other. Maybe- 
Maybe so maybe we will do the friends to lovers trope at some point. Keep watching. Right. They are literally it's, just like, and I'm like, <laughs> why is everyone falling for it? Like everyone is taking this at face value. And I'm like, they are selling this to us. They're the, crafting the a public is, rom-com for us. Here's the thing. They like can never hard launch a different relationship or else it will completely destroy the narrative. So like yeah. they have to remain single outwardly and like maybe dancing around each other. Like Andrew is basically out because he was dating someone else. It doesn't matter if they're over now. Like the the fantasy has been punctured. Because for a little while it was like, well, which one of them is she into? And now it's like, obviously it's Justin. He's the only one left. (laughs) Like that's the real rom-com is what if you fell in love with one of them while this is their bread and butter and you have to hide the relationship and you're like, why can't you just choose me publicly? And they're like, because my job is pretending that I might date Justin one day. <laughs> um, I, I, I like enjoy the content. Like it is very much it's my bag. Funny. And like, exactly. It's funny. It's cute. I like Susie and Justin as like contestants on the show and as public figures. But I'm like, there. it's so obviously just a way of getting the benefits of having a Bachelor Nation relationship without actually being in one. Like, you're looking around, you're like, why can't we just make the couple's content, flirt with each other, like, have people talking about us in our relationship without having to, like, get into a relationship that maybe we don't want to be in. Yeah, it's honestly, I'm like, this is this is absolute genius. Yeah. Frankly. It's revolutionary. Because being, being in a public couple as we have just stated in the first, like, 40 minutes of this podcast discussing what it's been like for Rachel and Caitlin. (laughs) Like, it can be real torture. Yeah. You take so much shit. Susie and Clayton have talked very openly about the way that being a public couple destroyed their relationship. Like, it was extremely painful. They both experienced a lot of mental health struggles as a result. So, like, I don't blame Susie for being like, well, I know how to do this yeah. on the content side, but I don't want to deal with the actual public relationship. Like, this is much more fun. And yeah, it's, it's like the best part of a TV show. It's the will they or won't they. And it just lasts right. forever. Well, and it's like, you know, when Katie Thurston hard-launched John Hersey with that whole, like, the lead-up, the 12 yes. days of Taylor Swift, and then the video, and... And the whole, like, I've, I'm producing my own happiness now. But that was not really a story for us, right? Like, we didn't watch that relationship unfold in quite the same way. Susie and Justin are like, we are just going to perpetually unfold this love story for you for as long as we possibly can. <laughs> that's what, that's like, that's producing a love story on, on your own for Bachelor Nation. I'm just so, I'm so fascinated by it. Like... I think that this is what's going to happen when it's both very profitable to be in a couple from the show and it's also very difficult to be in a couple from the show. It's very emotionally and mentally draining. It's very hard on relationships, as we've discussed. So there's a huge incentive to find another way to get those benefits from being in a public couple, whether it's like, I mean, we saw Romeo and Kira... (laughs) just tell us that they were in a couple when they, like, clearly were not. And then they had to awkwardly, like, extract themselves from 
this completely fake relationship. And, you know, we've seen also, like, Ashley I had that long-term pursuit of Jared Haben, which was on and off show, but that seemed quite sincere to me. I think she just really wanted to date him. She and, did. And she did in the end. They And they got married. <laughs> so I, I, that, this seems like a new sort of thing to me to be like, without the risk of actually being in a relationship and without the kind of weirdness of telling everyone that we're dating when we're not, we can still find a sweet spot where we can get that, that content. I think they are clearly forging a new path. And I think that how we have seen Liv and Tanner kind of dance around this this hint that maybe they're friends, maybe they're in a couple, um, shows us that this is a greater trend and we're going to keep seeing it. Like, there, this couple's photo shoot that Tanner and Liv did, it was on a group trip. Like, Sam yeah. Jeffries was there too. It's just that she appears in maybe one of the photos from the whole trip because they are publicly crafting this illusion that they were on a romantic vacation together. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's kind of incredible. I it's kind, kind of, of incredible. I do kind of love it. I think that... Me too. It is a, a brilliant way of, of taking what people love about the show and parlaying it into a social media career that, that actually gives us what we want. You know, Which it doesn't have to suddenly romantic be like... romantic narrative. Exactly. We want more romantic narrative. I'm like, I don't need to see all your date night outfits with your husband. What I need is a will they, won't they that lasts forever. And then they get oh. the... Uh, this wasn't disclosed, so maybe it wasn't an ad, but otherwise it was very weird. They did a promposal video for their attendance at a Mean Girls prom event that weirdly centered Pepperidge Farm Goldfish. <laughs> That I looked that I didn't find like a hashtag ad or anything or sponsored by Pepperidge Farm, but I was like, why is Goldfish so front and center in the first like six clips in this video? <laughs> so maybe maybe they're gonna really start getting the sponsorships as a couple, as a fake couple. I mean, I'm looking at Liv and Liv's Instagram, and it's like this this photo shoot with Tanner has significantly more likes than anything else she's posted. Yeah. Like her other her other high post like numbers are you know in the like 20,000 likes. This yeah. has 44.8,000 likes. Yeah. and 1200 comments. It works. <laughs> it works. Hint that you are dating your friend. It works. I I support I it. I support it. Trick us, we deserve it. I don't care. Also <laughs> It's possible that some of these people are genuinely into each other. Into each other. And they're just like, why not let this play out publicly? Because whatever, Susie and Justin were caught on video, apparently, seemingly about to kiss on New Year's Eve. This was like a social video posted by a third party. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, in one frame of it, their heads are sort of moving closer to each other, but we don't (laughs) actually see them kiss. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Like... Maybe maybe they're friends and they make out sometimes. Maybe they were just about to hug and put their heads next to each other. I don't know. I I can't stop watching. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> Hats off to them. Should we move on? Yes. Yes. So another small news item. Uh, Nick Vile is expanding his media company. Envy Media, and he is doing this, name. which I know, Envy <laughs> spelled E-N-V-Y, clearly 
his initials. It's yeah. a reference to his initials. A little and play. Feet. Yeah. Yeah, a little play. Uh, and in doing this, he is bringing on Vanderpump Rules' Katie Maloney and former VPR cast member Dana Cathan or Kathan. I honestly don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, but <laughs> sorry, Dana, Dana and Katie. I'm sorry, Dana. I, we'll find I out when they launch their enjoy, podcast. Look, I did enjoy your brief uh, turn on the show, even though that was a terrible season. Uh, but Dana and Katie, <laughs> Dana and Katie have been very close friends since Dana was on the show. Um they have seemed to have a very fun dynamic. So when I saw they're launching a pod, I was like, that actually makes sense to me. Um, their podcast, Disrespectfully, is set to launch on January 10th. And it seems to be like a chat show because the way it was described in the press release was that the two of them will discuss being unapologetically yourself, getting it wrong, career, mental health, relationships, sex, and whatever they, whatever else they feel like. The whatever else they feel like feels key to me. Like, so I'm yeah. like, okay, so these two are just going to like shoot the shit. And yeah. that's fine. I love the idea though of them <laughs> sitting down every week and being like, how can we discuss being unapologetically yourself today? Like, how are we going to get, get into this topic today? <laughs> I know. I know. It's always like, look, writing the yeah. log line for your own show is rough. So yeah, I, just, I get it, but I it mean, is just it is just show, like celebrities, yeah, talking celebrities about whatever talking. they want because you like them. Yeah, that's why you'll listen. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just don't understand. I mean, I assume they have producers who are helping them with a lot of this, but I'm like, the anxiety of being like, I don't know what we're going to talk about, would be too much for me. I like to have a doc of like ten pages of notes, and yeah, that's and then we chat. Like it's not scripted, but I like to know what's coming. And I have a feeling that <laughs> that there there are people these shows who that will are just be like shaping. about being yourself. I'm just like, how do you seems stressful? <laughs> yeah, but these are reality TV people, so like, oh, yeah, they that's... know how to make content about being themselves. That's the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> that's so true. Um, and this, frankly, felt like a very smart and natural next step for Nick. Like we're yeah. kind of we're seeing this. Like we saw Alex Cooper launched a mini media company that Call Her Daddy is being published under, and that she's brought on some other podcasters. I think it's called Unwell. It, it just, this is kind of what happens. Yeah. Everyone is trying to be a mogul now, and except for us, because we don't know what the hell we're doing. So <laughs> no moguls st here. Stay tuned for us to continue to not be moguls. Um, yeah. And I think we should talk about some other launches, some relationship launches. Michelle Young has a new boyfriend who is not Jack. from Bachelor World. Jack. Jack Leas? Leas? Le I'm not, again, another last name I don't know how to pronounce because I've only seen it written. Yeah. But he's very cute, and he's a Minneapolis guy. Do we know what he does, what his deal is? I don't I know anything about him. Don't. I'm surprised we know a last name. No. More and more there, people are not sharing the last names of their of their partners. And I'm like, how am I supposed to research them? You know? Apparently, Michelle has a good friend. And her friend has a little brother who Jack knows. And this friend's little brother posted Michelle on his Instagram. And Jack basically slid into his, that friend's DMs and was like, hey, introduce me to Michelle. Yeah. Well, that is beautiful. 
DM sliding is like the most romantic. Uh, it's like going to a local ball of our time, going to a local ball and asking someone to stand up for, with you in the quadrille. But for today, good for them. Braden and Christina Mandrell. They launched they, their relationship. <laughs> they launched an engagement. It happened very quickly. They're moving in together. I mean, they announced the moving in together on at the Golden Wedding before the proposal. I already knew this because I've been watching Christina's uh, <laughs> reels and Instagram stories. And she had posted something like, oh, I'm trying to get everything in order before Brayden moves in. And I was like, huh, what? Like, I just found out you were dating like two weeks ago. He's moving in. Also, did you see the the video that they posted where they videoed themselves telling Olivia yes. that they're dating? Because I guess I didn't realize Liv and Christina are very close. And obviously, Liv and Brayden got very close yeah. on Paradise. Yeah. So it's just, you know, they have a little friend group. It's lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Brayden's Brayden's moving to Nashville because that is where Christina lives with her daughter. So that makes yeah. sense that he would be the one to move. I I just like I it makes me nervous when couples move in together this fast, but especially when one of them has a child. I'm just like, ooh, be careful, guys. Like, oof. That makes me anxious. I know. I know. It always makes me anxious. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed for Brayden and Christina. Um, that is a big, a big move. Uh, long move to Nashville from San Diego, I believe. So we wish them the best. At least in Nashville, it will be safer for him. There won't be as much open water for him to almost die in while stranded on a fishing boat for many hours. Uh, with as Aaron he was Schwartzman. This summer with Aaron <laughs> Schwartzman. So very happy for Brayden to be moving to the center of the country where we won't have to worry about him so much. <laughs> Who else? Uh, Dr. Joe, Joe Park, hard launched his relationship this fall with model Lydia Bigotin. Bigotin. She has pink hair and is a rat mom. And wow, that is the kind, of, the kind of thing I want to see more of on The Bachelor, quite frankly. I love this. And also, this is like my brain cannot contain all the memory of all the people because it took me a minute I was like Dr. Joe that name sounds familiar who is that and then I was like Dr. right Joe. yes Joe Park no I love him <laughs> that's what that's what yeah, I'm saying like people. my brain has to like shove the memory of people to the side yeah because it it needs to make room for like all of Joey's <laughs> ladies <laughs> yeah it is like there, there's just something about this show like whenever uh a woman from the show has a new relationship with someone outside of the franchise. It's always like a guy who works in sales or something. And, and when a woman does, always dating a man a model. does, it's always a model. It doesn't matter who it is. He's always dating a model or she's like a musician slash model. Or <laughs> Every something. time. <laughs> Every time. An influencer slash model. Yeah. Uh, although I'm actually not sure if that's true of our next uh, bit, which is that Tyler Norris has a girlfriend. He posted... Uh, a picture or video of them together in an Instagram story featuring uh, his Christmas decorations. Her name is Alyssa Sheridan. I believe she is a San Diego local. And he didn't want to do long distance. So <laughs> he made a, a safer decision this time. Um, so congrats to all these people. I'm sure I'm missing 
even more. They also obviously did a requisite like professional photo shoot because you have to do that <laughs> when you have a girlfriend of like two months. Yeah. Otherwise, how will people know? How will people you're... respect your relationship? That is that is actually like the new, um, like that's more important than like an engagement ring or getting a key to your partner's place is like, when are you going to take a photo shoot together for your Instagram <laughs> grid? That's commitment. Um, yeah. So I think she actually is not a model. I think she is a nursing student. So thanks for bucking the trend and showing us that there's another way, Tyler. <laughs> Mazel to the two of them. Yes. Uh, we have a longer section on relationships that have ended. <laughs> I think we've touched on some of these in our paradise wrap-up, yeah. but... Obviously, the relationships that have ended that aren't Rachel and Brian uh, are are from Paradise. Yeah. Avon and Kylie. Kylie, They ended almost as soon, like within one day, I believe, of the season finale airing. Kylie and Avon had posted one of those professional couple photo shoots to launch their relationship after having to keep it secret for months. And then all of a sudden, those photos were gone. And Kylie posted a statement on Instagram, on her stories, I believe, saying, following our relationship announcement yesterday, I want to thank my God he did not allow me to live another day in the dark. In the last 24 hours, I've been grasping with the fact that one of the most important relationships in my life has dissolved due to multiple infidelities. Yeah, brutal. Rough. Uh Avon then the day after posted his own white on black note to apologize to Kylie um, and said he was in an extremely low place trying to work on himself. (sighs) He's recently returned to Instagram after taking a break, presumably to work on himself and find healing, find himself and be a better person as he promised to do. Um, The audacity to (laughs) just wildly cheat when you know you're about to be in, like, a very public, committed relationship. Like, it's just beyond the the morality, which obviously it's, like, horrible to betray the trust of a person you're with. But, like, I keep thinking about the audacity of these men. Like, what did you think? Like, I truly think that a lot of them think, like, oh, she is going to be on my side. She won't won't show me up. Like, who would want to, you know betray such a wonderful guy as me, you know, by coming forward and being like, we actually hooked up after you guys got engaged. Like, it's like they think that that people are going to want to keep their secret for them or something. It's like there's, like, what? It's also, why? why? Especially because it's not like these people all have to come forward publicly. Right, they can just DM DM Kylie. Yeah. Yeah. And then she probably said something to him and he clearly like immediately admitted that this was true there were probably photos i'm gonna say because she seems there was it doesn't seem like there was much of a period of her being like i want to trust my man it seems like she was very sure right away which made me assume that there were photos of some yeah that's actually a good call oh god um john henry and cat shocker of the century one day this was just like one after the other but like very soon after the finale they posted a joint post one day after Avon's statement. They shared that they had broken up, quote, with mutual love and respect. 
I felt I felt that vindication that you feel when you predict a couple is going to break up. And some people were like, maybe they'll make it work for six months. And I was like, no, they're going to break up right away. And they did. And I was like, yeah, it does feel so good. Like, I'm smart. You know what? It's probably (laughs) so much better for the mental health of all of these people that they immediately broke up. Yeah, they don't have to deal with speculation. It's It's like fine. It's it, fine. It, it was announced. It ended. Okay, no one's interested anymore. We, you can we can let you go. Yeah. Aaron B and Eliza split up. Aaron announced this via a statement on Instagram stories. Like he's literally like it doesn't even matter. That much. Yeah. It's like it's a blip. He. I feel like Aaron was like, okay, well, Eliza's saying nothing. I guess I just have to say the thing. Yeah. Uh, he called their split amicable with quote nothing but positivity and mutual respect. And yeah, Eliza didn't like ever address the entire Bachelor in Paradise season on her social media. She just ignored that it was happening, ignored the fact that she got engaged. Yeah. Never addressed it, never addressed the breakup, just moved right on with her life. I you honestly, gotta respect it. I do. And you know what? I think that's what she should have done. First, I think she should have ignored the whole season before she went on. Yeah. Like, she should not have come back on this show. And I think she kind of knew that, yeah. to be honest. Which I think is why we saw so much, like, conflicted energy from her in terms of, like, I need to just, like, pick someone right away and invest in them. Like, I didn't do that last time. And then a week later being like, I think I need to explore my options because I didn't do that last time. Like, she's not, she's trying to like force the experience to go really well to make up for the fact that it was such a shit show last time. And that doesn't work either. Like you can't just like strong arm the experience into working for you. At least it was, it seems like at least the on air portion was much less traumatic than the first season. Hopefully she came away with a BFF ship with Olivia, which I love. Yeah. She, I mean, yeah, she got to make more friends from the show and she got more time on our screens and now she can just move on and never address it again. The fact that she didn't address it and let Aaron announce it alone actually kind of made me think that he did something, but who knows? I don't know. Cause she also didn't address anything else from the season. Yeah. Which it's makes hard me to think say. that she's really just like, fuck all that noise, <laughs> which like, yeah, I, who that's knows? Da- who look, knows? it's always a possibility. Who knows? Or she's just like. I'm over it. I don't want to deal with the social media of it all. So, like, go yeah. forth, Erin. Yeah. I mean, she's given us nothing to to read either way. But she has since soft-launched a new man in her 2023, like, video recap highlights on Instagram. She included a brief clip of a mystery man with his arm around her, sort of, like, nuzzling Ooh. her cheek. And... I was like, I don't understand. Is this a guy friend or a, a boyfriend or brother? Or I, I don't know. Like, obviously not. We would know. But, you know, I was sort of like, that. this can't be a relationship, right? But then Liv commented, the launch I've been waiting for everyone to see. And I was like, okay. Okay. This is a man. It's a launch. Yeah. It's a launch. <laughs> it's, a man, it's a man launch. Liv would know. Uh, she wouldn't steer me wrong. Um, I hope I hope we get to see more. I just want Eliza to be okay, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think she is much better suited, like most normal people, to dating off the show. Yeah. Uh, and let's let's wrap up with a bunch of rapid-fire relationship milestones, because the couples have been busy. And if we miss any, we're sorry. There's 
too many fucking people. The, to I kept finding more babies. I'm sorry. And like I, at a yeah. certain point, I just had to stop. Um, Thomas and Becca had their baby. Yay. Benson Lee, Jacob's Kufrin on September 21st. <gasps> they aren't posting photos it. of his face, which is a decision I completely respect. And I do sometimes worry about Bachelor Nation babies who are very like front and center in the spotlight. And so I love that they're keeping his privacy. His feet are very cute. And very they're cute just so cute feet. as a family. Yeah. I really just love the two of them. Yeah. I think they're a very special couple. They seem very happy. And, and I, I think often, like, people in their position, there's an expectation of, like, mommy content and, like, family content yeah. that what you see is very, um, like, here's us in our, like, off to do this and our, like, perfect outfits and off to do that. And I feel like they're often posting stuff that feels much more, like, relaxed the to me. And, yeah, just, yeah, like... relaxed and real. I don't know. Which, of course, it's... is, like, it's also totally constructed, right? Like, they are working. This is part of their job. They're putting out this content. But whenever I see their posts, I always just feel like they're relaxed and enjoying their baby. I know. They're just the feeling kind of like people that I actually want to hang out with. I think yeah. that's... That's kind of part of it. Um, they also got married. They had a courthouse wedding on October 13th with baby Benny in tow. So mazel to them. I love yeah. them. I wish can them all the happiness. Can a baby be a witness is my question. Like, <laughs> I assume they you? had an adult witness. <laughs> You're probably right, but it did make me wonder if a baby could be a witness. I don't think so. I think you, they have to be able to sign the register. But that would be so cute. If he was their witness and they had a little handprint. Okay, now I'm just being weird. Um, congrats to them. We're very happy for them. Also, the name Benson is after the town where Becca's late father was born and raised. Aww. And the middle name Lee is for Thomas's dad. That's so sweet. And I'm I like so that they have both of, both of their names. Yeah. And it seems just like uh, they really took things at their own pace. And I love that. For Did them. it their own way. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I love them. Yeah. Sydney Lotwako from Colton season uh, recently got married and she announced that she and her husband, Nick Webby, are expecting their first child this summer. Congratulations to them. Leslie Murphy from Sean Lowe's season had her second child, Lily James, in November. We love Leslie. Cute yeah. family. Astrid and Kevin Wentz, who oh. met on Bachelor in Paradise. Yes. And both had obviously previously been on respective shows. They had their second child, Nash, in October. Really cute babies. They oh. have very cute babies. So cute. This was a surprise to me as I began to dig. Maggie Tarek from Matt James's season had a baby at the I end of 2023. I this. And I do follow her. I guess the algorithm just doesn't um, always reliably surface things. She had posted um, a maternity photo shoot in the fall. and Stunning. She posted Obviously, just like... she's a model. Yeah, I mean, come on. And she posted like just a very brief clip of her in her like year-end video highlights uh with the baby um 
And so I guess she had the baby. Congrats to Maggie. We're very, very happy uh, for her and her family. Lace Morris, who was on Bachelor in Paradise and previously on The Bachelor. Ben uh, Higgins Higgins season. season, is expecting a baby boy uh, with her partner. Bibiana Julian was on Ari's season. She is also expecting a baby uh, soon. I think she's like at the very end of her pregnancy. Yeah. And there, I I believe she's like in a relationship. There had been some some photos of her like with a ring people speculate she was engaged um but she's been very private about that but she is uh at the end of her pregnancy someone else who is at the end of their pregnancy is amanda stanton from ben higgins season who is expecting another baby girl with her new-ish husband i guess not that new husband yeah they got married a year or two ago yeah Um, but she's girl mom times three now yeah. Or will will be when will that be. child is born. Yeah. So congrats to them. Sean Booth, uh, Caitlin Bristow's uh, ex-fiance that she met on her season of The Bachelorette. He had a baby boy named Locks with his partner, Dre Joseph. Uh, Locks, like multiple key and Locks, not like the salmon. Um, I wish it was like the salmon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, congrats to them. <laughs> And uh, Romeo Alexander, who was on Michelle's season, got engaged to his girlfriend, Caroline. I didn't know he was in a relationship. I honestly just, like, I can't keep up anymore. It's, he did. He he was. He didn't launch the relationship until a couple months before the engagement. Okay. So it was not, it was not such a long lead time. Well, they are engaged now. Very Congrats happy for them. them. Mari and Kenny had their real actual wedding in November in Puerto Rico with 65 guests. Um, look beautiful. I think are their actual friends and family this yes. time, and not, not just the random cast of <laughs> Paradise. <laughs> beautiful, uh, Mazel to them. Teddy Wright married her fiance Nicholas in Napa Valley. They got like an Us Weekly write up. I still don't know his last name. They're keeping that shit under lock and key. They're just it like wasn't Teddy in Wright. Us Weekly. No, Teddy Wright married Nicholas. <laughs> That's so weird. Like, is he a pop star? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> the fact that it wouldn't be an Us Weekly. I'm like, Us Weekly was like, that's fine. It's no poss- last name necessary. Yeah, it's possible that his last name is like someone has sleuthed it out on Reddit or something and I haven't seen it. I mean. But I wonder if they're slipping through by virtue of the fact that she is not quite famous enough to get anyone digging deeper. Yeah. Right? That like. You know what? If they want to keep that shit locked up there's got to be someone out there who could id him from a photo but congrats (laughs) to them (laughs) congrats to them and finally blake horstman who was on becca kufrin's season of bachelorette and then on paradise is expecting a child with his partner giannina jabelli of love is blind fame yeah I two love greats. this. this she, yeah, two yeah. all-stars, yeah. frankly. The crossover baby we've all been clamoring for, Vanessa Lachey, is going to... <laughs> she's Lose somewhere her losing her shit. She's so happy. <laughs> she's like, the only thing better would be if it if they met on Love is Blind. But hey, take <laughs> what you take can it. get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, congrats to them. They have been together for kind of a while now. And yeah, uh, it's very happy years. for them. 
Um, I always felt she deserved better than Damien. So this is uh, very gratifying. Um, and you know what? There's so much more shit that <laughs> happened that we just like can't I'm even sorry, get we into. Can't. We have to cut ourselves off. At We're a gonna try point. to be more on top of gossip going forward. I think the fall was just crazy busy with two shows airing simultaneously. And the fact that Claire was and out. the fact so. that I was out. So we're going to try to not let the gossip build up as much in the future. But it was nice to kind of process, metabolize a lot of what's been yeah, going I, on. Yeah, I, I frankly feel like a release. Like it was yeah. just all this pent-up Bachelor gossip inside of me. <laughs> and now I can just free it onto the world. I know. I kept like liking posts and being like, one day I'm going to share how I feel about this. <laughs> people, the people need to hear my opinion on Giannina Gibelli's pregnancy. <laughs> I really have been stewing on like the Susie and Justin thing for so long. Where I'm just You're like, like, in this essay, I will. In this essay, I will. Like I had a whole presentation um, and I, I'm going to continue following their future endeavors closely because I am fascinated by what's going on and i also i'm just like down the line fascinated to see how they transition out of this if they don't end up like Same. getting married which i guess is theoretically a possibility and then they could just be a professional couple but if they don't do that like how do they transition out of this i like i there's so many questions it's gonna be so amazing. many questions and don't worry we will stay right on top of it <laughs> on that note that is it for this episode of love to see it with emma and claire Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Talon Stradley. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, do all the things you would do to support a show you love. Follow us, rate us five stars, leave a review, and of course, spread the word about Love to See It to all of your friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can also find our newsletter rich text on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on social media at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back soon. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it.